And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This headline podcast is presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Breaking news from The Athletic. This is Scott Docterman from The Athletic, and I cover Iowa football. Today, I'm joined by Andy Bitter, who covers Virginia Tech. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm good. Let's talk about an alliance. Yeah, the Alliance. It feels like we're in Star Wars, uh, the 21st century here. So uh, both of us watched the uh, three heads talking about for almost an hour about different topics related to uh, an alliance between uh, or among the uh, Big Ten, ACC, and uh, Pac-12 conferences. And what exactly did you come away with other than it's incredibly vague and we really don't know what's going on? Uh, that's pretty much it. I have no idea what to make of this. You know that scene in the, the office where Michael declares bankruptcy and he comes out and he shouts out, I declare bankruptcy. I feel like that's sort of what this is because there's nothing behind it. Like just saying it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't seem like there's any sort of signed contract between these uh, these conferences as well. They're just uh, going in and a handshake agreement, looking each other in the eyes and saying, hey, we're going to work together on some stuff. And the list is very vague, and it's it's about athlete rights and scheduling uh, a pact, but nobody really knows when that's going to begin, and they're going to honor contracts and all that stuff. Um, I feel like more than anything else, this was just a response to what the SEC did in poaching Oklahoma and Texas. And they needed to do something, and they didn't really know what. And this was a lot less serious than going, hey, let's go add a bunch of teams, and we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. They're just like, hey, let's get together, maybe solidify this voting block and hope that the SEC doesn't just steamroll us on everything. Yeah, I think you're kind of right in that. And that is, I mean, we've lived through the different expansions, uh, particularly the one that kind of resonates is when the Big Ten ended up saying, hey, we're we're now open for expansion. And then all these teams realized they weren't very happy in their leagues and they started leaving. And then we saw a, lo- a bunch of movement 10, 11 years ago. And now we're at the case where everybody's you know, the ACC, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going, well, we're not really sure we want to add teams, but how do we uh, uh, form a counterweight to the SEC, which now goes from being you know the premier conference on the field to now making more money than everybody else off of it is what we anticipate even including the big 10 so they're kind of linking arms and saying hey i got your back you got my back yeah we got your back too now what and uh, i don't know that we'll see you'll see back in black and kinnick or i'll see enter sandman in in blacksburg anytime soon but um, there is some potential for some really interesting matchups, I think, that beyond the ACC Big Ten Challenge, I would say. Yeah, if they can actually facilitate this scheduling pact that they have or say that they're going to work towards, I think it'd be pretty cool. But you know, just for the team I cover, Virginia Tech is booked through 2030, and that's all of its non-conference games. I realize you can change contracts and you can back out of stuff like that, but that's a lot of work, and there's a lot of games on there that I think people do want to see. Uh, already and some of those are against SEC teams not against uh, alliance teams exactly so 
yeah, I've been waiting to see Virginia Tech play Wisconsin. Uh, that game has been going for 20 years now in, in the works, and I think it's got another seven or eight before it might actually possibly happen. If this scheduling pact and this alliance makes that happen, I think that's a good thing. But, you know, for a lot of these schools, we're talking about four or five years down the line at a minimum. And if that's really the case, like what, what are college sports going to look like four to five years from now? We don't really know. So uh, I feel like there needs to be a timeliness about this, this pact and this scheduling change that needs to happen quickly for this to have any sort of impact. Well, there's some really interesting differences between the among the leagues. One is the ACC has eight league games. Uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12 have nine. The team I cover, Iowa, uh, also plays a current Power Five team in Iowa State every year. Uh, it's not going to play 11 or 12 Power Fives. It just doesn't work that way for teams like Iowa or just about anybody else. And it also needs seven home games So uh, for financial reasons. So uh, it's going to need some sort of wiggle room, whether that's a, a cut down to eight for the Big Big Ten in order to play that game or uh, ice out Iowa State, which at least this year anyway, it's it's one of the premier non-conference games. So there, there are a lot of issues there. I do think, and I've kind of heard this uh, in a few recent discussions, that this might be a situation almost like what we see with the ACC Big Ten Basketball Challenge in that, that maybe... Um, say five teams will, uh, from the Big Ten will play five teams from the ACC in 2026 but you don't know who they are or you maybe know who the pool is but it might you might just wait you know like you might know you're playing at home against an ACC team but you don't know who until maybe in January or February they start looking around and saying okay this might be the best matchup that way you don't get uh, Minnesota and Wake Forest but it's 2 years ago when Minnesota was 11 and 2 you know it's it's a, it's actually per the the, the competitive rosters as opposed to some others. But but I think it's really fascinating. So I, I guess um, what are the logistical areas that you think need to be worked out before this even comes to fruition and it's not just some sort of high-minded uh, uh, platitude among the three leagues? Well, I think it needs to be something more formal than just you know saying it's a handshake deal. I mean, there there's no honor among thieves in these conferences. And I think it's funny that this is in reaction to the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma because all these conferences have poached other conferences. I mean, the ACC killed the Big East, essentially. The Big Ten has poached from the ACC and the Big 12. The Pac-12 took from the Big 12. Uh, So uh, you can say that you're not going to go after each other, but I feel like it's in these schools' best interest that, you know, if an offer comes along, they'll they'll be talking one way the whole time. Then if the offer is good enough, they'll turn around and go the other direction. I mean, nothing nothing in this alliance is stopping any kind of poaching from one another. So I feel like maybe that needs to be solidified first is, hey, we're not going to go after each other. Uh, I guess that doesn't necessarily solve the SEC problem, but... Uh, you know, the alliance isn't preventing Florida State and Clemson from going to the SEC. Let's put it that way. It's the grant of rights that's preventing that from happening. So uh, until you can kind of formalize this thing a little bit more and more than just say, hey, we're not going to go after you. We'll work together. I really don't know how much it means in the big picture. 
Well, it's fascinating when you talk, start talking about media rights because not only the grant of rights matters in linking these teams up, but uh, they have different variations. I mean, the ACC is, what, till 2036? Uh, the Big Ten, uh, their media rights negotiation, 2022 is their last football season with that. And then they go right back to market, and I think the Pac-12 is a year after that. So there's varying degrees there. I do think maybe if there's even one motivation that's at the same level as the SEC is uh, not one. Wanting ESPN to control everything related to uh, college football because if the the college football playoff just happened to coincide with Oklahoma and Texas going in, ESPN is even more powerful as, uh, than it already is, which also makes negotiations very difficult for uh, you know with the other leagues. I mean, if when the Big Ten goes to market and the uh, ESPN, if it owns all the rights to the CFP, can say, look, uh, we don't want you to to you know we're going to pay you less simply because you have to be on our network. Whereas if uh, if it's a situation where Fox maybe has a piece of it, maybe it rotates kind of like, uh, you know, with the Super Bowl coverage or, or something like that, I think that's that matters as well. So who knows what's uh, <laughs> where, where a lot of this is going. Well, I'm curious. I, I know why the ACC would do this, because they're feared of getting poached eventually. They want to improve their uh, media rights deal. It's the, the lowest paid one of the power conferences. I know why the Pac-12 would do this. Uh, I think their grant of rights is the, the shortest one. Or they, their contract is coming up soon. And I think there's fear of them uh, losing some top-tier teams if the Big Ten ever got power-hungry and decided to go out there. Why is the Big Ten doing this? Because it has a TV contract that's up very soon. It's pretty close to the SEC in terms of money on a, a per year basis. I don't know exactly how that will play out once these, all these new contracts are signed. It seems like the Big Ten is doing the Pac-12 and the ACC a big favor by being a part of this. You're absolutely right. I, absolutely right. I mean, you look at what Jim Delaney would have done in the past. It wouldn't have been this. Jim Delaney would have said, congratulations, Oklahoma and Texas, for going to the SEC, but we're still the Big Ten and we're still uh, going to make more money than everybody else. So I think it's a really fascinating <laughs> you know, issue for the Big Ten because it – it still makes more money than than the SEC, and it might as soon it, it might in its new negotiations be right there. I mean, it has such a great footprint and great tradition, and uh, and so it, it's. I, I think this is just going to be a really and ultimately um, something that we're need we'll need to watch day by day to see how it materializes, and and it wouldn't surprise me if it fades away. Also, like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 had a, a, an agreement. At that, at one point, um, to play one another, and then the the Pac-12 pulled out when teams like UC, USC said, "Look, we already play a nine-game league schedule. We play Notre Dame every year. We don't want to play Michigan too." On top of that, so uh, at that, so I, I could see this just turning into a, "All right, every now and then we'll get a game, and that's going to be about it." Yeah, so. it's it's very confusing, uh, just the whole thing, and I feel like they're sort of making it up as they go, which I guess they can. Nobody's ever had an alliance like this between. Uh, different conferences so they can sort of make of it what they want to but uh, ultimately I feel like it's just kind of for show and it's these sort of newish commissioners at these three conferences seeing what the SEC is doing and going man I don't want to get steamrolled like Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 did because I don't want to be in that situation anytime soon absolutely well thanks for joining our breaking news coverage go to the athletics headlines section for much more on this story and ask your Google Assistant to play News from the Athletic.
You can also visit theathletic.com backslash headline pod to save 33% on an annual subscription to The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.